Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have Billy Peretti with me, who is the CMO of Belvedere. Billy, hi and welcome to the show. Hi, Nadine. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank great. you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are doing something kind of cool here, which is really special. So I'm really uh, excited you could join me. And we're recording a few days away from a big release date. We're going to sit on that, but we're going to release this podcast on that day. So we're going to talk about it in a moment. But before we get to it, I wanted to just take a moment with you first and, and ask you about your role and why you decided to take that on. So my role is CMO of Belvedere Vodka. It's a global CMO position within Moet Hennessy, within LVMH. And as you know, but the audience might not know, I have a long history with the organization in and out over the course of 16 years. Mm. The position at Belvedere was particularly interesting to me when I took it on three years ago because I saw this tremendous potential in an untapped story behind a really fantastic brand. That was the biggest part of it. The second but equally important part was that I would be partnering on this project with my CEO, who was a former boss at the time, Rodney Williams. And we have done great work together in the past. And I just really like working with him and really respect him as a human and a, and a professional. So that's what drew me in. The position is responsible for all consumer marketing all innovation initiatives, which includes any kind of new um, product development from a liquid perspective, and also communications, which include our newly developed CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility Strategy, which is work that I'm most excited about and, and so far proud of. <laughs> so not surprised that Rodney drew you in. And as you said, he's such a 
honorable gentleman. He's on our DEI council and we've spent a lot of time working with him on some important issues. So um, definitely a fan. I can see uh, his big hearted nature, as you mentioned, drew you in. But you also mentioned earlier that you really work as a team. I think many people would consider CMO, CEO relationships team, but like you really mean team, don't you? We are. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is my boss. <laughs> and he has final jurisdiction over everything that we do, but we really partner and collaborate in a way that I have not partnered and collaborated with any CEO in my previous positions. So coming back to Rodney, which is, you know, we can talk about my career in a bit and my background. Um, I left Moet Hennessy with him as my boss and I returned because there was the potential of him being my boss again. Wow. So, yeah. I left for about three and a half years to become mm -hmm. CMO of David Yerman. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about your career journey a bit then. So tell us a little bit about that path and why you sure. made some of the moves that you did. I mean, often you hear in these interviews about following your instincts and following your gut. So I didn't quite know what I really ever wanted to do as an executive, as a professional, um, but I did really find um, how consumers, how people connect with brands very interesting. So the psychological aspect of what we do and the emotional connection that people make to products, services, brands was always something that was very interesting to me. So I have a, an undergraduate degree in marketing. I have a master's in cultural theory, which kind of makes more sense with where my interest lies. Out of undergrad, I started working in market research based on the recommendation of a, an old professor of mine who said, if you really think consumer behavior is interesting, then research is a great place for you to start. So I worked for the MPD group for, I don't know, maybe three or four years as an analyst, got promoted to a project director, and then I started working for advertising agencies. And I worked in strategic planning, where I liaised between creatives and account management and our clients to really deliver the right kinds of consumer insights and um, implications coming out of research that would direct their creative. And then I went client side, this is 20 years ago, I'm dating myself now, to luxury fashion. So I worked at Prada for a good amount of years before I came to LVMH as the director of advertising and, and marketing services. That was my first client side job. It was actually an amazing, amazing experience because I learned about luxury first and foremost, but I also learned about general communication. And then from there, I was recruited to LVMH to oversee the media operation for the entire LVMH portfolio for the US, Latin America, and Canada. And it was an interesting position in the sense that it was giving me a lot of visibility and access within the group, but um, it was a very specific silo job, which was specifically about media strategy, media planning, media buying. 
but I did see it as an opportunity to get into a large organization and grow within it. And as I mentioned earlier, I left in 2012 for the opportunity at David Yurman only to come back to Moet Hennessy in 2015 for a position that Rodney was creating central to the group when he was CMO. Wonderful. Okay. And now he went from CMO to CEO. You went from that position to your CMO role and you are working on some pretty fantastic things there. Do you want to tell us about that? I'd love to. So when I was first approached with the the job, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I felt like Belvedere had this really amazing untapped story in the sense that we are all natural. We um, adhere to Polska vodka making regulations, which means we cannot put any additives in our product. And no one knew that story. And, and beyond that, we're made with simple ingredients, rye water distilled by fire, but we, um, we impart taste, exceptional taste. And we impart taste in a category that is known or prided on being tasteless. So how are we bringing taste to a tasteless category in a way that makes sense to our audience? And, and I felt like that was a really interesting undertaking to take on and to bring to life. So it was a huge, huge endeavor. It took us almost two years to figure out what we needed to do because we started from the ground up. And, and Rodney and I were familiar with this works sort of you know system together because we did it on Hennessy before I left. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we did, I should say that I set out to do, was really build a, a full global consumer insight analysis. And we had never done it on the brand before. So we fielded in all of our top countries and then we layered it with secondary data for our secondary markets to understand not only what our consumers think of Belvedere, but what they think of our competitive set and what really drives them to the point that I I mentioned I'm most passionate about um, two brands. What really connects them to a brand and what makes them decide ultimately to purchase one brand or product over another. And quite honestly, Nadine, I didn't think we would come back with such a synthesized response. We found that there were more commonalities on a global scale than differences in terms of what consumers like and what they are looking for, Mm -hmm. which was fascinating to me. I honestly thought we would have to do a, a fragmented global initiative to speak to certain markets in a way that made sense to them on a more local level. So that was the first step, really understanding consumer insights. The second step was looking at our DNA and not only making sure that it was factual and accurate for the brand, but ensuring that it had some way to connect with our audience in a relevant format. So the, the big part for me that we, we were mindful of every step of the way was ensuring that whatever we built for this platform, it had equal parts brand truth and consumer truth. Wow. Okay. So I love that. It sounds like you're making a cocktail, equal parts, brand truth and <laughs> consumer truth. 
Might as well be. <laughs> Might as well. How apropos for today's session. So this is the cocktail for marketers. Uh, this is great. <laughs> wow, I have a lot of questions for you. So one of the, the headlines for September will be made with nature. Exactly. Rye, pure water, fire, nothing else. I'm, I'm literally reading from this brief, which is really cool. What is the campaign? The campaign is really bringing our intrinsics to life in a very emotive, arresting format. Often, as you see in our category, brands market in a lifestyle format, not an intrinsic product-related format, at least not within this, you know, the super premium category. And we really wanted to show why Belvedere is honestly as fantastic on the, out, on the inside as it is on the outside. What we found from the research that we did when we asked specifically about Belvedere, consumers who drink Belvedere or those who are aware of it know that Belvedere is a premium vodka, think it's pack, packaged beautifully, think it's very high end, but they can't tell you why. So we really wanted to bring the, the liquid benefit to life so people can understand that we are really an exceptional super premium vodka that is made with the most simple ingredients that is built with the utmost integrity and it still imparts exceptional taste. And we do that through our Polska rye. And we purify our water so that there is room for the rye to come through. And then it's a simple distilling process. So especially now we feel like with everyone going back to simplicity and, you know, for lack of a better way of describing it, this could really resonate with them and they could really understand it. Now the campaign was built long before the pandemic hit, but um, we feel like now more than ever, it, it makes more sense and will really speak to people. Mm -hmm. and, and it comes down to, presenting and showcasing sustainability and actions around sustainability, which I think has not been front and center for a few months, given everything else that's going on, but is exceptionally important. And I think a lot of folks may be surprised is it's also intricately linked with diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Mm -hmm. Because for sustainability to be true all parties have to participate equally so tell so me part of our, i'm glad mm -hmm. you brought that up part of our dna is you know first and foremost the the first pillar of our dna is natural character so the fact that we're bringing forth made with nature speaks directly to that the second part which is where i think you're going is the power of the collective we believe in a we not me culture and that is very important for us not just in how we produce our product and how we operate as an organization, but the message we want to send out to our audience and to the community that we believe that we are better together. And given what's going on, particularly, you know, not just in the world with the pandemic, but in the United States today, it's, we have a very specific point of view about those things. The other part of our DNA is, is determined optimism. So it, we believe that it's important to acknowledge the world as it exists and the situation that we're in or whatever things we need to do to, to 
get things done, but do it in a really optimistic and hopeful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you remind me of a call I hosted for about 20 CMOs, right when COVID was, was really taking effect, if you will, and things were getting really uh, confusing and challenging. We hosted a call, a private call for a group of CMOs and we asked Indra Nui to come and provide some perspective. And in that call, she shared her mantra, which really let us all feel hope. And that was be nostalgic about the past, realistic about the present and optimistic about the future. And we left that call very motivated. So when you say optimistic, uh, that you're determined, you have determined optimism, what are you optimistic about? I think we should talk about our CSR initiative as well, um, which goes hand in hand with the optimism. So the launch of our new platform, which is made with nature, it has a, a overarching narrative for the brand, which is about rye water distilled by fire and nothing else that we, we make things exceptional out of the most simple things. So I think that's one message. It can certainly be based in our Belvedere Pura Vodka, but then all innovations that we build moving forward are based on that premise as well. So all of our innovations, 2021 and beyond, will be organic. And organic, you know, to us is as much of a, a it's a consumer benefit in the sense that it is doing good for the earth, which leads to the third pillar, which is our our corporate social responsibility initiative. And I've said this to you in in the past, and, and it's important for people to be mindful of this. We understand we are a spirits company. We understand that we manufacture things. We understand that we have a footprint, but it's really about doing better until you can do your best and doing things in in a mindful format. So always taking the job at hand or the exercise at hand and thinking, am I doing this in the most responsible way? Am I delivering the most exceptional results? And CSR for us is all about that, which is equal parts responsible business practices as well as what we can do in terms of good for the environment. So we have a whole part that will be about nourishing land, which is a part two to the whole whole strategy. But as a starting point, we're looking very carefully at our footprint on the earth regarding CO2 emissions and how we can get to a zero waste formula. We will be zero waste by 2025, guaranteed. We've built a biomass facility on our distillery grounds that will will be operating by July, 2021. So the, the path is set on that front. The second vertical that we are working very seriously toward is, is packaging, use of plastics, making sure that every element that we use for either, you know, bottles, production, has a sustainability factor to it. So all of our materials are being re-looked at and all of our vendors are being looked at to ensure that they have green code principles as well. 
And then last but not least, which I mentioned is how we look at organics, which is really for us because we're all natural already. It's the mitigation of pesticides, which damage the earth. So those are the three verticals that we're looking at right out the gate in terms of how we can do better and how we can get to our, to our best operating um, system. But again, we're not perfect. We, we want to get close to perfect and we have a team of people and this is where it comes down to partnering and collaborating like you said earlier, where we all share a common vision and we all have a, a belief that we can do better which goes yeah. back to determined optimism. So I know that gets, that's a full <laughs> circle, but I, I felt like it required some explaining. I love it. I love it. And um, I'm also super excited to have you as a guest, as a, a master teacher, actually, at Brand Week around sustainability, because I know we can go a lot deeper into that topic. And I was just going to ask you, and you brought it up, so thank you. I, I think some folks um, at the CMO level that I know many are committed to sustainability, but there are other people assigned to quote sustainability. There's a chief sustainability officer or there's the CSR department. Like how do you, you're approaching and addressing this and absorbing it head on as your responsibility to, how do you work with your counterparts? It's an excellent question. I'm not an expert in sustainability in any way, shape or form. I have a personal belief in it and a passion for it, which drives a lot of, the professional curiosity and research that I do. Moet Hennessy has a chief sustainability officer, which is fantastic for us and for me. So that person comes from LVMH with a wealth of experience, um, which is a fantastic partner for us. And the organization fully believes in it. So when we don't know something, we know to find answers outside of our organization. In terms of how it's set up, the marketing team is responsible for CSR, but I have it very grounded and focused within the communications team because I feel like they, and it's less about external communication as it is internal communication. We need to all be, let's say, participants and influencers within the organization to, to move this initiative forward. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because there's been a lot of discussion around internal communications and where that sits, um, some debate on who should own it, frankly, um, especially in today's environment where culture on the inside is as important, if not more important than the brand culture recognition on the outside. Right. As you said, it's inside out. If you can't sell it inside, you can't sell it outside. So <laughs> how do you think about that? So communications reports into you. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So the way the marketing department is set up for Belvedere, at least we have a consumer marketing team, which is responsible for all paid and owned initiatives above the line and below the line. We have a product marketing and innovation team, which is responsible for all innovations and how we bring them to market. And then a communications team, which is responsible for corporate communications, as well as product and, and brand communications and our corporate social responsibility initiative. And I structured it that way coming in. It's also a matrix within a matrix. 
if you will. The entire team has to work very collaboratively and very trusting in order for us to get done what we need to get done. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm really proud to say that they all do. Yeah. It wasn't always that way, but it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I love your blueprint. Uh, we should, you know, publish your org chart for everybody to follow, right? <laughs> you know what so, it comes down to? The people too. Like you really yeah. have to get the right people. And I, I can tell you quite candidly, I've made hiring mistakes in the past. I've made some amazing hiring decisions in the past as well. And it comes down to how people not only think independently, but can think as a group. So no, no work chart really makes sense without considering the types of people you have to fuel it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and you know, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't ask probably hardly anyone actually, and I've done 130 five episodes of CMO Moves because you brought it up and I have a sneaking suspicion that you have a really good tip here for someone. When you have that moment where you realize, whoa, this might not be the right fit for this team, how do you approach that? You have to address it very directly with the person that you're having this situation with and get feedback. I, I always believe in being as direct as possible in any given situation because there may be a way to fix it. And you have to exhaust that question or that possibility in your head before you can make any real radical decision about a restructure or an elimination. Um, but but I, I think it's really important and fair as professionals and as humans to give each other the benefit of the doubt and to learn how the situation can be addressed in a variety of ways. Sometimes not the easiest and you know, sometimes it's a more complicated route to a, a better way of operating, but, but I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying this to you because I've had fantastic mentors in, in my working history and I've also had terrible leadership and I've learned to work around that. And I've always wanted to have a certain type of manager or leader over me. So I try to be that person for my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew you had a, a good tip in there. Um, probably many. Um, and then I have one more question before my last one, which is again, another question. I don't, this is all new, new question for you that I haven't asked anybody else because you're inspiring me. I remembered as you were talking, one of my first bosses, when I was trying to design my organization, handed me a book and he said, Nadine, you're thinking about this all wrong because I had all these superstars on my team and I was trying to like create roles around them. And he said, no, you need to create the role first and then find the right person for the job. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled with that, honestly, throughout since probably 20 years since I heard that, because there are times when you just want to create a role for somebody because they bring a superpower and you're like, I wasn't thinking about that before. Um, Like, how do you, how do you think about that? What's your opinion? I don't think it's one way or the other, honestly, and I'd probably get in trouble for saying that, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think you need to build for the vision that you have for the task at hand. And I think with Belvedere in particular, part of the work that we did was 
we really articulated sharply what our vision and our purpose as a brand should be. And then you think about the work that needs to be done around that. And to the point that your former boss gave you, then you build the roles to that vision. But there are also people that deliver an exceptional superpower, as you, you describe it, that you also realize you just can't live without. So, so it's a little bit of a negotiation on the structure and, and the needs to, in my opinion, make, make the right mix. Yeah, absolutely. And I bet there's countless people tuning in who've had to struggle with this same thing over and over and over again. Um, but wow, okay, well, we, whew, I could ask you a thousand more questions, but we are now at the end of our time. So I'm gonna ask you my last one. Sure. If money and talent were of no object and you can't be in, say the role that you're in now, it has to be something different, what would you do? I would take my experience, money and talent, not an issue, you said? You have it in, in abundance. It's you, in abundance. I in abundance, it. in anything you want. I would move more toward pro-social initiatives. I think okay. we're just at a time where everything's blowing up in so many different ways and there's so much chaos for a million good reasons, but we need a little order and structure to ground it and get it to the right place. And I feel like we as marketers know messaging better than anyone. And we certainly know how to get things done because we're always, you know, we're, we're an accountable team in, in, in many ways. And putting performance indicators against a lot of these social issues would really help. And, and I think policy could use some marketers, <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense. So Absolutely. So it would be um, it would be directing my my experience toward um, pro social initiatives. It's it's about what you said. It's about equity and equality, and I don't think there's enough of it. And I don't think there's the right talent in place to get it to where it should be. Mm -hmm. It's 2020 already. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you couldn't be more right about policy requiring some marketers. I was having this conversation this morning with uh, a global CMO of a restaurant brand. And it's just, when you think about the, even just the hunger issue we have in the United States that's been pronounced by COVID and the fact that one in four children are not getting a meal over a weekend uh, because the schools are closed and every, all the challenges there are, when you put a bunch of marketers together, we can come up with thousands of ways to fix that, but then you go head up against policy and what you can and can't do and what people, it, it just, it's, I, I can't, it's unthinkable that we have solutions we can't deploy because of policy. Yeah. Um, we read this article about the abundance of crops being destroyed this morning. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? I, can't I didn't see that one, but I've read plenty. Yes. It's, it's sickening to the point that you made about people going hungry right now. And we don't have a structure that can deliver food that's being destroyed. It's not even going to, to anything. Anyway, so that's a perfect example. 
Yeah, absolutely. When I, well, whenever you're ready to go um, tackle that, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to give you a hand wherever I can. If I can, I will. So, um, Billy, it's great to have you on the show finally. I know Rodney yes. is going to be so excited. He's He's been waiting for this day. <laughs> I'll tell him. <laughs> Definitely tell him for sure. And um, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to seeing you brand week and i'm excited to release this next week on your big launch date so thank you so much thanks thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed the show if you did i would love your help in sharing cmo moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too and if you have time i would really love your review or ratings on apple or soundcloud so thanks again and have a great day Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.